Welcome to another episode of season three of the Brain Fruits podcast, where we talk about how to engineer your future. You can listen to Brain Fruits on all major streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also now on YouTube. I'm super excited today to have Eva here in a live recording, we could say. Yes, right sitting next to me. So Eva is a really innovative thinker with a strategic mindset and she has a lot of experience in the finance sector. Now she's developed Sustainify and this is a tool for sustainable and responsible investment. Um, they provide sustainable data, which means you can look at companies and their ranking on the ESG. I've tried it myself. I was super impressed to check my investment portfolio against the metrics from Sustainify. And I must say, I've done a little bit of tweaking in my investment portfolio based on your based on your company. Um, Eva, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your startup trajectory to date? Yes. Well, I started investing in the stock market myself in 2016. And I um, I was working as a CSR consultant and, um, and I had some savings and I thought, hey, I've always had the feeling I would be good at it. So I did it, bought my two first uh, stocks and they tanked. It was really bad <laughs> investments. So I thought maybe I should do some type of research, not just listen to a radio show and like buy what they're saying. Um, so I did that and I thought I need to like look at their annual reports and like look at their financial uh, numbers and like get a grip of, of that. And every time I looked at their annual reports, I would go to the CSR and sustainability part because that's what I understood. And it was way easier for me to look at that and then kind of judge them and say, okay, they get it or they don't get it. And even though the financial numbers look really good, if they didn't get their corporate responsibility, I couldn't invest in them. Yeah. So I kind of thought, okay, maybe somebody has looked at companies and judged them on that, on sustainability. And there is a ton of ratings out there. Um, and I dived into them. I looked at what is out there. What data can I access? And uh, I saw a lot of greenwashing in the data. I saw um, there was no transparency when they did a rating. So I couldn't see what is in the E, S, and G. Like, is it the same that I believe it should be in E for environment? Um, so there was no transparency. And I thought, OK, I can do this better. So that was kind of the beginning. I think that's really inspiring, especially that you just took the chances and took the leap to dive into your own space. You also brought with me um, your your book, which yes. I just want to present right here. Do you want to say a couple of words? Um, so I started writing, it was going to be an ebook. Um, so I could just like distribute it to anybody. And I was sitting writing and um, I had somebody in my network who had done a book before. So I thought I'll send it to her if she would read it and before I kind of uh, launch it. And she said, uh, Eva, you're not going to believe it. She wrote a book on, on investing as well. Yeah. Uh, so she said, you're not going to believe it. But a couple of days ago, my publisher contacted me and asked me, shouldn't you write a book on sustainable investing? And she said, here, your manuscript is 40 pages on sustainable investing. Mm -hmm. She's like, I don't believe in coincidences. I think this is a sign. Would you like to write this book together? So we did had one meeting with the, her publisher and got a book contract. And uh, yeah, it just took off. Wow, it's really exciting. We'll put the link definitely in the show notes afterwards yes. so that you can get the book as well. Um, 
if we start about like our topic, I mean, we're here to really start thinking and talking about how to do value investing and how to care more with your finances for the SDG, um, which is super exciting, I think, to have you here because it's the perfect fit. Why did you decide to start, especially now, a software company based on value investing? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I don't have the background in, in tech. I do have my background in sustainability and I've been working with that for at least uh, a decade. Um, but I am very analytical and systematic in my way of thinking. And I think that really serves me well in investing because you are sitting and doing a lot of comparison. So you are comparing stocks constantly. And if you keep changing like the metrics you're comparing on or the, the method you're comparing, then you can't really use it for anything. Yeah. So I thought if I do that and if I have to scale it, you have to get tech involved. Um, so what I did is I started with the SDGs, uh, the Sustainable Development Goals uh, by the UN, um, and then I kind of started reading um, the publications from the UN, like how should a company work with them? Yeah. How do we actually reach them as a company? And the interesting thing is that the UN kind of communicates like an NGO, so they don't talk business. So <laughs> you kind of have to translate it into like the corporate world, like how would a company actually process this and put it into action. So we did a framework where we um, um, assess a company's annual report. Yeah. And part of it is we only um, look at the, the publicly available information from, from the companies. And that's because um, sustainability is about transparency. Mm -hmm. So we want to kind of force the companies to be really transparent. You can't get a really high rating if you're not transparent. Yeah. So, so there's that little uh, hopeful uh, thinking that we can push in in that direction. And then we, we are also kind of taking that process of a sustainable investor. What would you look at and, and would I look at as well? And then we kind of automate that process. And instead of you doing your work, I'm doing my research, somebody else is doing their research, we do everything and we do it in big scale. So, yeah. so you can go and like kind of search for a company and look how they, they score. Well, I think it's uh, really interesting, especially if we look into now how many companies want to commit to doing something about the SDG. I mean, we have now about the latest um, poll um, the, from the S&P 500, we can see that over 90% of companies want to commit to the SDG. That's nice talk. How many companies are actually walking the talk? I think it's also a question of knowledge. Mm -hmm. I think in the boardrooms, there is a lack of knowledge in sustainability. Yeah. There is a, a stereotypical mindset of what a board member is. Mm -hmm. He's usually white and male. Right. <laughs> um, he is also like in his 50s, like there's not a, a big span in age either. And then they all have a corporate background in either finance, uh, like some kind of economics or um, a law. Yeah. And they think it's okay to have five out of eight with the same background. And, and so I think we, with this push, there is a push for more diversity in the boardroom. I hope that people will look at their, their, uh, knowledge and, mm -hmm. and experience as well and maybe broaden that because there is a lack of knowledge when I talk to them I don't feel like there's um, resistance to it uh, they want it they just don't know how to yeah like this sustainability how do we do it you know they think it's kind of like um, 
uh, a bit of a fairy tale thing like it's like something that's really hard to mm -hmm. grasp and I keep telling them it's it's easy you can do it right now because it's, it's in your mindset yeah. it's about how you run your business yeah are you thinking sustainability in every step and they're like oh my god that's such a big thing and I'm like yeah but you think about finances mm -hmm. in every step of, yeah. of your business so you have uh, um, you forecast your finances and you do budgets and you do that on every department in the company. So just add sustainability to that as well. So, so it's not that big a, a deal. Yeah, I think it comes down to incentive setting. As you say, like from the top, this is where it starts. Um, you have to have your metrics defined to how yes. do you measure that your company um, is performing or not performing on the ESG. This is, I think, where Sustainify has done a tremendous job to just show the different metrics as with an eye specialization. Um, if we talk about more on a personal side. Um, if I want to, as an investor, as a private person, I know I need to invest, but I also care about the environment. What role do my values play in sustainable investing? That is something we're really focusing on in the book because what, what I found out was um, a lot of people want to do sustainable investing, but when we're talking about sustainability, what is that? Yeah. Because... Um, uh, sometimes I would ask people like for how many people in this room is sustainability about the environment, climate, something green. And like half of the people would put up their hand. And then I said, OK, for how many is sustainability broader than that? Yeah. Uh, and that would be the other half of the room. And I had the experience with where two uh, uh, women, they were uh, friends. They were sitting next to each other and they were looking at each other. And one goes what is it only green for you and the other one is like what is it broader for you mm -hmm. and they said we've had endless conversations about sustainability but actually never talked about how do you define mm -hmm. it so i think that's the first part we need to do like how do you define that and you don't have to be like super particular and say oh i need like this uh, co2 emission level for it to be sustainable yeah. Just say I'm green or I find it broader. It's also about people for me. And then you, you start um, uh, looking into what are my values? What is actually important to me? And people often say, oh, but that's such a huge question. We use our values every day when we make decisions. Yeah. We do it, uh, people get um, uh, a family. Like, how do you decorate your home? That's based on your values. How much TV do you watch? How much screen time do you have? Based on your values. Yeah. How do you bring up your kids? Based on your values. How do you take care of your elders in the family? Based on your values. So we're, we're just saying, also base it on your values when you're investing. And it actually makes it easier because we know our values. They're like ingrained in us and we do make these decisions. So listen less to what other people say in investment yeah. and listen more to yourself. Like, am I, do I feel okay with this? Also be a little bit about what would I do if I find out one of my companies is in having a greenwashing scandal, for yeah. instance, in the media. Like, would that make me sell? Or would I hold on to it and think, okay, I'll give them three months to respond? Like, I want to judge them on how they handle this crisis or, or are you just going to sell? And often you can know this in advance. You can have an idea, you can write it down, but ultimately you don't know until you're in the situation and then you make your decision there. Um, and I think investing, at least for me, it has been a learning journey where you learn 
as you go along. So you do have a, uh, this is my strategy and then reality hits and then you're like, okay, I need to adapt my strategy. And then you just do that. So, and that's also what we're saying in the book. Don't think that there are so many barriers so you don't get started, just get started and then uh, use your values as your guide. You say now that we often know our values. I'm not so sure this is always true. I think a lot of people are not really, uh, we're not maybe so good always at pinpointing down what are my five most important values and how can I tie them to uh, my investment decisions. What are three simple steps to figure out my values? Um, I usually compare the stock picking process as the same as when we go to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. In the supermarket, in Danish supermarkets, I think there's like seven different milk. Yeah. And each time we go and buy milk, we manage to put, pick out the same one every time. And so you can get low fat, high fat, they don't call it high fat, um, but you can get high fat milk. You can get organic or traditional. You can get um, non-dairy. You can get with lactose, without lactose. Like there is such a broad range of milk, but you still manage to pick it. And that's based on your values. So um, I think it's the same with the stocks. And sometimes you don't know, you have to try out maybe the fat milk and then a non-organic and maybe you feel guilty for doing the non-organic. So you do go back to organic milk and it's the same with your stocks. Yeah. So you might buy something and then you're kind of feeling like, Ooh, this doesn't really sit well with me and then you sell it again and buy something else i like this uh, annotation to picking your stocks as you would go grocery shopping because i think that's really intuitive for for many people is that a you need groceries to survive we all know that we need to invest yes. uh, the pelican to invest and not just sit on your money especially in these times and this is just really important and then um, you can look at stocks and companies as a um, as something that you would buy for your own nurturing, right? Yes. So you want to really nurture your life, your health, your wealth with uh, investing. But how you do that, how sustainable it is, really depends on your your choices, as you just nicely described. So I think we have to have more labels also on, on stocks, how sustainable they are, which yeah. again comes back to why we need companies like Sustainify to help us look into companies uh, from a really independent source yeah. and get a stamp on where do, how do they score on the different ESG topics. Having heard now about your success story with Sustainify, what are some recommendations you would have uh, for our listeners to develop the courage to start a software as a service company in uh, sustainable investing? Um, I want to say that uh, I'm, I'm, we have a saying in Danish where you, where you wear um, both a belt and suspenders mm -hmm. to keep up your pants, then you're like, you like security. Then you're because you're like, if the belt doesn't work, my suspenders. How do you say that in Danish? Um, um, yeah, good. <laughs> um, uh, and, and when you say I'm that type, then you're kind of saying, okay, I like security. I like security. So if, if often when I say that, people are like, oh, but you invest in the stock market and you're in running a startup. But I feel like um, at least Denmark, I think all of uh, EU, it's really a secure 
uh, society we're living in. Yeah, it's not like if you fail with that, you're are gonna live on the streets. Mm. I mean, so you can still uphold a certain uh, standard of life. Mm -hmm. um, nobody can take away uh, your knowledge. Nobody can take away uh, what you learned in school. If you have some kind of degree. All of that you get to keep no matter what happens. Yeah. So it's not like you're losing anything. Mm -hmm. the, the most you can lose is, is, is your money that you invest in it. Um, sometimes I think, oh my God, if I had kept my old job, like I would make a lot of money <laughs> compared to, to now. But I think the courage is, at least for me, it's about always assessing, well, how bad can it actually go? And it can't go that bad. Yeah. Courage. It's a funny word because I think when you when you take a risk, sometimes you don't see it as a bigger risk as somebody else would. Yeah, and that's because you have something like passion mm -hmm. to drive you. You are uh, happy on a daily basis. A lot of people go to work every day and are not happy about what they're doing. Imagine spending that much time of your awake life on something that doesn't make you happy. Um, so for me, those things kind of outweigh the risk. Yeah. Um, so yeah, something you are passionate about, that's really a, a strong force in everything you do. And I think you're saying to be very important here as well, is like the de-risking of entrepreneurship. Like you, you don't have to give it all up in the sense that you get to keep what you've already done so far. And it's a good uh, idea maybe to start at the side, right? You can yeah. keep your corporate job, tie it down a little bit in the hours and start with your own company, as you say, I mean, especially in the, in the Nordics, it is a absolutely, well, very, um, it's a very normal thing to have, have your own company. And then you can still figure out if that's something for you or you want to go back to, um, back to normal business. And I think this is so important that we give people the chance to just start their own thing at the side. Yeah. Thank you so much, Eva, for being part of the Brain Foods podcast, for Thank coming for in today. Me. It was just a really great conversation um, to have. Where can people find you? Um, on LinkedIn, both me and Sustainify. Uh, also on uh, Facebook, uh, yeah. Sustainify is on Facebook and Instagram, and also on YouTube. Um, yeah, and of course, our website, sustainify.dk. So uh, all the information is there. And there's also the Sustainable Stock Finder, where we show the results on the SGG progress. Yeah. Um, yeah. That is amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me.